Hello and welcome. Wherever you are in the world today, thank you for joining us for the Rise Traveler, unpacking conversations of sustainable travel. We are here to talk to eco-minded and socially conscious travelers, diversity and inclusion specialists, wildlife conservationists, environmental activists, and anyone using travel as a way to uplift and inspire. Together, we will go a step beyond the Instagram-ready world of travel and take a look at how travel can be a source of growth and development for all people in all communities. And now, here's your host, Amy Hager. And joining me remotely is, uh, remotely from Maine actually, is Mary Pat Shampoo, who is on faculty at the Antioch University and the Director of Graduate Programs at the Institute for Humane Education. So Mary Pat, thank you for joining me on this beautiful fall day. Thank you for having me, Amy. I'm very happy to be here. So I want to kick off our conversation because you are involved in, obviously, education, but how are you connected and involved in RISE? Well, I am on the founding board of RISE Travel Institute, actually. So the founder, Vinci Ho, mm -hmm. was my student in, at first, we, we used to, the Institute for Humane Education has been a partner with a few different universities, and Vinci was at Valparaiso University, we're now at Antioch University, but Vinci has, has kind of transcended that partnership, she started at Valpo, she's still with us taking one, her last course toward a certificate in humane education. Anyway, she was my student in a course called Culture and Change. She'd been my student in other courses too. But as her capstone project, she described, she's a world traveler, you know, and she described how she would love to transform the idea of sustainable travel that to include things like, you know, typically when we think of sustainable travel, we might think of something that is ecologically friendly. Yes. So kind of green. Green. <laughs> so humane education looks at the connections between environmental justice, okay. animal protection, and human rights. Okay. So Vinci envisioned, she'd already been doing some work in sustainable travel, and mm -hmm. she envisioned a kind of education program that brought this comprehensive lens to travel. So how can we travel in ways that don't negatively impact human rights, that is ecologically friendly, and that promotes animal protection rather than animal exploitation? Mm -hmm. And when she envisioned this, everybody in our cohort, when she described it as her final project, everybody in the cohort was so enthusiastic. We had a lot of travelers and we had international students and we had a few international educators. And I feel like if, if my memory is right, everybody usually takes about 20 minutes to talk about their capstone. Vinci's went for about an hour and we didn't <laughs> want to stop talking about it. Not to mention she had all these cool graphics and she's had a lot of experience. So I'm probably talking about it a little too much, but I, I was really, I also have traveled and lived internationally in my background. And it was one of those ideas that felt like, yeah, it's time. Yeah. It's time to branch out. You know, even when we think about sustainable, what's sustainable? What exactly are we trying to sustain? Like, do we really want to sustain things exactly as they are? We mm -hmm. need to question what we're even sustaining. So her whole idea of like, sort of breaking open the idea of sustainable travel. And so 
but you know, it made a lot of sense to all of us. So anyway, after that class, we had a talk and she said, I'm starting that. I'm going to start this. It's going to be called Rise, Responsible, Impactful, Sustainable, Ethical. It's going to have an anti-oppression lens, but it's not going to say don't travel. It's mm -hmm. going to say, think of your travel in a new way, like activism. Well, and so I'm taking a couple notes too, as you're talking through this one, what I love Mary Pat about your story is you really are able to speak about rise before we were rise when it was just yeah. in the infancy stage of an idea that started as this capstone project of Vinci's and really to think of travel through a different lens, through that sustainable lens yes. and and just connecting those dots of you can travel, you can still explore, but if we're going to do it, we need to make sure that we're making a better impact and looking at our footprint that we're putting on the ground of where we're visiting and where we're at. And so I think what my next question is then, so tell me a little bit more than how does your work, whether you're at the Institute or um, the university, or even just personally, how has your work related to travel? You kind of mentioned that a little bit. Yeah, so I wouldn't necessarily say that my travel, my personal travel has related directly to this work, but mm -hmm. I can say, so first I wanna qualify that probably this vision was living inside Vinci long before the capstone. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was pretty fully formed when yeah. she showed up at that. Um, but, um, you know, I would say that one of the ways, maybe I'll talk a little bit about how her work in humane education and our work as humane educators, mm. you know, really finds confluence. Yeah, with travel and with rise. Um, I'm happy to talk all day about my own travels, but this might be more interesting <laughs> to our listening audience. Um, you know, in humane education, so not our, only are we looking at these intersections between mm. environment, animal, human rights, we're looking at this all of these the ways in which these things are connected so that when we try to solve a problem we're not solving one problem and adding to another yeah. you know we're not protecting an endangered species while risking livelihoods we're not you know we're really trying to look at things from a systems perspective so it basically means that many decisions that we make including our decision to travel and where we're going to go and what we're going to do what once we're there, you know, that the decisions we make, whether we know it or not, will perpetuate certain systems. Mm -hmm. So let's say, for example, um, I was also, I also helped with the pilot program. I, you've probably had people on here talking about this pretty amazing 10 module pilot program that in the first year, Vincy put so many startups to shame. And in the first year, she got this international board and committees and we did this we I had a teeny part this big pilot program where students came and took the courses and gave feedback and did capstones of their own we reviewed the capstones there was a student conference it's amazing anyway I was a little part of that in that I worked with two other um, uh, educators on the animals and tourism piece so 
this is just a simple example is, you know, there may be things that are called elephant sanctuaries all over the world. Mm -hmm. And you can go and ride elephants and you can yeah. give elephants a bath. And sometimes elephants paint pictures for you or whatever as a tourist. These things are promoted by the travel industry and often the various sort of, you know, ministries of tourism all over the world. They're money makers. But when you put your money there, you know, when you support that, it may actually not be an animal sanctuary. Yeah. It may be that those animals have been captured, conscripted into service, trained very harshly. So mm -hmm. even though I love elephants and I want to see one close up, my very presence there and the money I've paid could be perpetuating a system that I don't agree with. Right. I would never approve of. I read about it. I'd be like, oh, I can't believe it. Who's doing that? Well, I'm doing that without thinking because I'm lacking the education that tells me what that really is. Whereas, right. let's say I find an actual sanctuary. In an actual sanctuary, I'm probably not interacting with the animals. I don't right. get to ride an elephant. I don't get to give an elephant a bath. I'm not going to get a painting made by an elephant, but I, I maybe get to see them in the wild. I maybe get to They're learn how they're rehabbed and learn what their natural habitat is, what their species specific behaviors are, how they mate, how they care for their young. Like this, if I put my money there, I'm perpetuating a rehabilitative system, not yeah. an exploitative system. Mm. So humane education and travel, you know, they're twins. Yeah, because we are all global, the capacity, you know, of course, not everybody has the privilege to travel and some people are traveling out of necessity. There are migrants walking across Europe mm -hmm. and walking it up into the States from like, you know, there's all different kinds of travel. So right. we want to include all of that, you know, yeah. when we're educating about travel and break out of this little sort of fraction of the way we might think about it, like, where will yeah. we go for vacation and what will we do? Which yeah. is totally fine. But a little decision you make could end up perpetuating a healthy system instead of one that's unhealthy. Yeah. So then um, at the Institute for Humane Education, really, it, it is talking about how our everyday choices, lives impact our surroundings. Yeah, that's so one then, of the things. Mm -hmm. That's You'd one, I mean, yeah. Sorry, Amy, did I interrupt? That's you? okay. No, so you had mentioned those systems thinking. And so is that a, a large part of the curriculum and everything that you're, you're teaching as well? It's not that you're solving this one problem. You're looking at the greater impact that this one problem has and it could potentially create an issue here or it could make this more of a positive thing. So that's really bridging all of that together and looking at the, the larger impact that a decision yeah. could be making. Exactly, okay. yeah, exactly. So we offer online programs that are not graduate programs, but the, the programs that I direct is, is a master's degree and a master's of education, master of arts, graduate certificate, and also a specialization in a doctoral program. Okay. So most of the students that are attracted to this kind of work, part of them are already teachers, but it's exactly what you say that, you know, if we, the first step 
if, if we want to make change in the world, then I would say that most of our educators fall into the category of kind of activist educators. And I don't necessarily mean activists like protest signs in the street. I mean that, you know, they want their lives and the decisions that they make to perpetuate healthy systems. That's yeah. one thing, the personal choice. And the other is advocating for change. So like a lot of, so my, our graduate students, but also the students that took the RISE travel program, mm -hmm. they're learning how to educate for change. So it begins, of course, within, it begins with our personal sort of decisions. Like I'm not going to, you know, I don't maybe necessarily want to talk about the, the carbon footprint of international travel directly after I've booked my vacation to Greece without being mindful. I'm not saying yeah. don't book the vacation to Greece. I don't want the Ministry of Tourism there contacting me, but you know, I am saying that we need to bring mindfulness to the decisions. How, how are maybe our behaviors kind of um, contradicting the values that we're espousing as educators? And a lot of it is self-education. These systems we're not really aware of like I was saying about the elephants, people don't go to those kinds of things because they hate elephants. Right, they go they because they love them. So very often we might be complicit in some way in the systems we're trying to educate about. So the first step is looking at ourselves. Now we're, we're kind of like the raw material. It's fun to look at that actually. It shouldn't be a task. It'd be like, hey, right, let me just step back before I tell everybody else what to do, which is way more fun than correcting one's own path, you know, like, but let me just step back and take a look at that. Like, how am I complicit in this thing I'm trying to solve? And then once I'm clear on that, I may change some behaviors, but I also may figure out how can I educate for change, which is what RISE does, which is why it's an institute like us, we're a humane education and institute that education is our activism. And that's what RISE is also, educating for change. Love that. Oh, so I feel like we could probably spend all day talking through really this education for change and systems thinking and looking how things are all connected. And so I think I want to ask you like a very specific question of sure. how do you see the future of education really thinking about this education for change influencing the travel industry of tomorrow? Yeah. I mean, I think that's a great question. So I have a few thoughts swimming around in there. Yeah. One is that ideally the kinds of young people that Rise Travel Institute is influencing and the kind of educators that the Institute for Humane Education is influencing would begin to form a kind of critical mass so mm -hmm. that this basic education about how we are all nested in systems and everything we do affects something else, including the decision to do nothing, yeah. that everything is connected. You know, I, and to sort of pull out of the shadows, mm -hmm. you know, the realities of the impacts of our behavior when we're buying a pair of sneakers, you know, who made those sneakers? Yeah. Is there a child who made those sneakers the same age as the child I'm buying them for? Mm -hmm. How can I expand my circle of compassion to include people I've never met and animals who aren't my pets? Mm -hmm. And 
you know, and the environment, like in the global climate crisis, you know, am I doing what I can? So, you know, I think it's education has a kind of immediate effect where we learn something and we think, oh, okay, whoa, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something a little differently because of, of that. Mm-hmm. It's also the long game in terms of a cultural shift. Yeah. But I think we've seen like during the pandemic where travel shut down and schools shut down and healthcare sort of, sort of had to quickly and radically reimagine itself. Right. We see that our cultures, our societies, we are capable of change when we recognize there's a threat right? Mm-hmm. We just, we change. So even though education is the long game and w- hoping that basically it's not like pushing a party line, it's just like opening up the sphere of the information that's included in schooling, you know, so the kids know, yeah. the right. kids know where does my food come from? Where do my clothes come from? What happens when I travel? What if, you know, when I travel and I want to go and see the world and I want to meet other people and all this, what if I had a partner in that country? What if, what if there's always a way I, I enter? There are countries that do this. Maybe I get to see a charter when I'm traveling. This is what we're hoping from our guests. I'm a guest in this country. Yeah. I'm not there to, you know, to just sort of put all of my rules on hold and mm-hmm. just go crazy. And, you know, is there a way that that, is there a way that I can really enjoy travel in a way that doesn't negatively impact the people who live there, the environment into which I'm and in, into which I'm entering, and the animals, biodiversity, you know, species in general, who, including animals I'm eating, like, you know, just mindful awareness. So I guess that's I it's a long dissertation style answer, but but basically I think education can at these different levels really help us become awesome travelers. Yeah. Well, and I think too, you, one thing that's jumping out to me is when you're traveling, becoming a guest of where you're traveling to. And, you know, I'm curious, I want to ask you, Yeah. are you able to describe your definition of a guest instead of definition of a tourist? And is that the difference of a lens that we could look at when we're being a more mindful travel? traveler? I think, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I hadn't really pulled it out that way before, but I think so. Um, You know, one of my very first long-term, I mean, I guess this is traveling, but also living in, I was long ago as a Peace Corps volunteer, 1979 to 1981 in Niger, West Africa. And, um, Although, you know, there may be a way in which the whole system of Peace Corps, we could look at that and see some imperial roots or things like that. I want to just say from the ground experience, from the volunteers experience, which was mine at the time, and I was young in my early 20s, and I, we had three months of language and cultural training. I'm not saying everybody can afford that, but we were guests, even though we were there to do a job, I was teaching and, uh, you know, we learned about Islam, we learned about animism, we learned about what was totally disrespectful that would have been completely unknown to me if I had just landed there. 
yeah. completely unknown. So I, I think of that experience and it has informed everywhere I've ever gone since then. And I, I think of it like, you know, if you notice everybody else is taking off their shoes, take off your shoes. Mm-hmm. Right. You the house. <laughs> like just, you know, paying attention the way somebody who is really new to a situation and wants not to offend and wants to fit in. It's, it is a lens. It is the lens really of a respectful guest. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, there are countries that do offer that. If you, if you are coming here, this Mm -hmm. is what we're hoping for. This is what we're working on. This is what we're trying to, so that tourism doesn't ruin travel. Mm. Yes. I love it. I think you nailed it on that. And so I want to ask you our last closing question of today. Sure. What legacy do you want to leave behind in this world? (laughs) Well, let's see. In the 30 seconds that we have left, um, you know, there are so many personal legacies. I'm, I, you know, I, I mean, I think like, when I think about the an, a, an epitaph or something like that at the end, I would say like she tried, <laughs> like I tried, <laughs> always trying. I mean, I'm like you know, leading with curiosity. But I think when it comes to education, yeah, I would like to be part of the generation that transformed the very purpose of schooling. I like that. So that all kids, you know, let's say K through 12, got the information. This is the Institute. I mean, this is basically the mission of the Institute that all kids, regardless of where they live in the world or their socioeconomic status, that all kids get, at least get the information they need to help themselves, other humans, animals, and the natural world thrive. I love that. And I feel like you've been doing that just from the short conversation today and our conversations from in the past. um, Really, I see that very, very clearly. Thank you, Amy. Well, it's really fun to talk with you. I'd like to interview you sometime. (laughs) (laughs) Reverse the roles. Yeah, I'd like to interview you. You're doing such great work at Rise. Thanks. Thank you so much. And, um, Thanks for spending time and joining us, but also thank you for your service on the RISE board, really helping us create the pilot program and make sure that we are achieving that goal of how you can be more mindful and how this this training that we're getting is just a part of you, right? And this just becomes your daily thing of what you do, how you think, how you process and how you look at the world. So it definitely takes a team. Yeah. Thank you. That can be very renewing, you know, to just see, to see your life that way. It doesn't feel onerous. doesn't feel like, oh, you know, just like travel, like, whoa, okay. What am I going to learn? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Mary Pat, that brings us to an end of our journey today. Thank you again for joining me. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks, Amy. Yeah. And the audience, if you've liked what you've heard and you want to hear more, please subscribe to our email 
at risetravelinstitute.org slash subscribe. And we'll be back soon with another episode, but until then, keep roaming, keep learning, and continue to be a Rise Traveler. Bye-bye. <laughs> this you. podcast is an extension of the Rise Travel Institute, a 501c3 nonprofit committed to empowering young travelers through educational programs, research, study tours, and scholarships. Visit risetravelinstitute.org to learn more.